good afternoon and good evening and welcome to another edition of the Divination Table. I'm your host, Michael Lennon. And today, our special guest, Amberzine Laguerre, is a traditional root worker, a medium, a bone reader, a yaya in the Palo Cambisa tradition, uh, a coach that works with clients nationally and globally. Her work places a specific focus on the whole person and not just a specific situation. This focus on being happy and healthy and whole is part of the foundation in her approach to helping clients overcome obstacles to move forward in the best direction and facilitate for their success, healing and growth. Amberzine Laguerre provides spiritual consultations, mediumship sessions, candle work, spiritual coaching, baths, as well as soaps. She also does custom root work to address a multitude of situations and conditions. Let me reach out and bring on our wonderful guest, Emberzine. Good evening, beautiful. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Can you hear me clearly? I sure can. I'm so happy to have you join us tonight. I know. I'm super excited to finally be on your show. I am, I, you know, I stalk everybody, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I support everybody in my community. You know, all the people that are in the community, you know, make me what I am. They make us who we are. And you have to lift each other, you know? I Absolutely. have a confession I agree. for everybody that's out here listening. You know, I love bones. You know, I've had a bone set for a while, the Ancestor Healing Kit, and it sat dormant for a while, and I started to want to learn to use it this year. And people think that, you know, even though I can pretty much read almost anything I put my mind to, I even get stumped, and when I do, I reach out and I take classes. And I did. I had a wonderful class and session with Amberseen Laguerre on bone reading, you know, which helped open my eyes and helped me get out of my own head so I could actually start focusing on actually reading bones. So I wanted to thank you first off because that gave me a huge push. Excellent. So how did you get into divination? I, hmm, interesting. I feel that I've always been a diviner, you know, just at different points in my life. I didn't know it. As a child, I would dream true, dream numbers, dream of upcoming deaths. As I got older, the ability, you know, um, to have the uncanny ability to just pick information out from people that I think that has always been there as I got older and my interest in what was at the time by me called the occult started to peak. I started out with a writer, uh, right away debt. And that's how I got into really being serious about divination and divining. As a matter of fact, when I bought my first deck, I clearly remember sneaking it into the house and being nervous and sweat <laughs> popping off because I thought somebody was going to find out that I had this deep, dark occult secret. Um, from there, it just it, it became a gradual progression, uh, especially with me being able to communicate with the dead. 
and not only the dead, but different types of spirits. So over time, it's become a gradual uh, progression. And right now, the my preferred method of divination is is bone reading and reading with spirit. Those are my two top choices that I always fall back on. But I am a card reader. I can um, scry with water. I always find that so hard on my eyes. Really? And then, you know, it's funny. You would think that I would be able to scry with a crystal ball. And I have quite a few of them in my possession. And I can't see anything with crystal balls. Maybe once in the blue moon, I might see a shimmer. But um, scrying with water, I, I can do. Um, actually, I can, I can probably read quite a few things like leaves, <laughs> feathers. You know, it just comes natural. So I'm very fortunate to be able to say that I can read um various things but bone reading shell reading and reading by spirit are definitely my favorite forms now, can you explain to our audience that may not be familiar exactly what bone reading is well bone reading is basically being able to uh, let me let me back up bone reading is a form of divination that is very old it is found in virtually every culture on the planet um, indigenous culture on the planet you have um, bone reading in South Africa in Asia oh, I'm sorry about that I have to ask somebody to close the door we have a lot of activity back here so I apologize to your listeners if they're hearing background noises there's construction going on across the street so uh, bone reading takes place all across the world, and it's uh, been going on for many, 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 many millennia. And bone reading basically is the art of being able to discern from bones as well as shells and other curios um, information from spirit that is translated through the de- various definitions that are um, assigned to each piece in the bone set. Right. So in a way, it's a little... A little like a symbolic divination system. With a lot yes, more there is a lot of symbolism. The thing with bone reading that I like is that each piece is given a definition by the reader themselves. So truthfully, there's really no right or wrong way. I'm going to quote my mentor, my teacher, Michelle Jackson. There really is no right or wrong way to read bones and or shells because reading shells is very similar to reading bones or reading, you know, curios such as pendants, crosses, coins, and so forth. The meaning that you give to the bones is what what it says. So let's say a raccoon penis bone. There's a standard definition for what a raccoon penis bone means in this day and age. But to um, another reader, for one person, it can be representing male dominance, male vitality, male sexuality. But for someone else, that raccoon penis bone can represent family, family structure. The meaning that is given to each piece is going to be unique to the reader. And that is a beautiful thing. It's just like the ice skates that I just added to my set. <laughs> I love those. I'm like in search of a perfect pair for my set. I thought that was awesome. Catch me after the show. I got a spare special one just for you. Oh, it's so mine. It's so mine. It, it is. It's a silverish color. It's got little, um, I'll call it rhinestones. Mm-hmm. So it shimmers a little bit. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm, I'm with the glitter and the shimmery. That's my thing. <laughs> and you know, it is funny because, you know, this came to me while I was actually 
I won't say doing a bone reading, but yet I was speaking to another spiritual person and I was giving them insight over the telephone. And I kept getting flashes of images, not the same way I normally do. Normally, you know, I get little whispers in my ear. They show me little pictures of things that are going to take place. But it was like my bone set was sitting there popping up a picture of a skate mm-hmm. and telling me that, look, you know, this is a very delicate situation. You need to really tread lightly. Right, skating on thin ice. Yes, and skate, you know, or perhaps skating around an actual issue. Mm-hmm. And, and as mm-hmm. soon as it came into my head, I said, you know what? Okay, I need to have this in my bone set. <laughs> and see, and that's the thing that I love about finding pieces for my bone set. Sometimes spirit will speak to you and say, you know, hey, you need this silver skate because it will represent X, Y, and Z. Other times you can be walking down the street and find something. And it's like, boom, I need this piece because this piece is going to represent A, B, D. And that's what I love about bone reading, the ability to collect pieces, to find pieces that can represent the multitude of possibilities in human living, in human existence. That's what I love about bone reading. And then um, how I teach I like to teach from a more um, organic perspective. I find a lot of people tend to, excuse me, force definitions where they feel, okay, I read in this book that, you know, um, a badger tooth must represent, you know, finances, let's say. And people get hardwired to book definitions or to what someone else says something should mean. That's not the case really with bone reading and reading shells and curios. With this, spirit can really speak to you and you can really intuit or decide what a piece is going to mean in your particular set. That's the, that's the beauty of this thing. And, and that's what I have been loving so much. And it's so free-flowing. It's like, you know, I made a post in the Bone Reading Facebook group because, you know, I also just got um, some skunk vertebrae bones. Oh, nice. And initially I was thinking about respect. But, you know, Owen Ballard made a really beautiful point when he mentioned the old cartoon Pepe Le Pew Mm -hmm. and his constant search for love and appreciation, but yet his odor and his aggressiveness, you know, mm-hmm. kept, you know, pushing people away. You know, right. So it was a very tragic character, you know, but at the same yeah. point looking at it, you know, he never gave up his pursuit either, regardless of all the problems, all the issues that he personally had, you know. Many pieces in, I know your set as well as my set, have a multitude of different actual meanings and Mm -hmm. not always just one set meaning, you know. Right. So I saw that post and I, you know, I thought it was brilliant and it made me think one of the character Pepe Le Pew and how we view what's presented to us. And do we actually go a little further than just the surface meaning? So there was that aspect of the post. And then there's the aspect of, like you said, every piece can have multiple meanings. So you can have a piece, a skunk vertebrate, um, as an example, that on the surface represents something that could be offensive, something that pushes away. But again, 
on the flip side of that coin, it represents someone that doesn't give up no matter how bad the situation is, no matter how bad people view them, this person is going to keep pushing forward. So when you have a piece like that, that can have multiple meanings, when you take that piece and you throw and it's situated, let's say the skunk vertebrae is situated with a cross, and it's also situated next to a piece that represents water. That particular trio together, depending on how it falls, can mean somebody that needs to be spiritually cleansed by taking a bath. And that's what I love about bone reading. The number of possibilities that any one bone set can have is infinite. Yes. And... It's uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm speechless a lot of times because, you know, I borrow a lot from a lot of people in reference to mm-hmm. how I read, as well as things that I'm used to, different traditions, charms, cards, you know, and I do use the numbered system on the six-sided die that comes from Michelle Jackson's book, right? And I did a reading for my student and I teach how to read cards on his love life about three months ago. And he was at a five. He was a strife and conflict. And literally that's what was going on with his entire love life at that point. But I also did a follow up about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it amazed me that he was on a six. <laughs> mm. Because, you know, the normal chances of rolling a dice and getting a five. And then the next time you're rolling it and getting it a six, six, right. You know, it is really not that profound that it's going to take place every single time. Mm-hmm. But it went along with the progression on how things have been developing in his love life. You know, so it, I'm always at awe when I throw and I look, you know, at where the places are, pe- or, you know, where they fall, right. where the timing pieces land you know the stage pieces and it never ceases to amaze me looking at it and seeing the development as it moves in stages i mean it's you know that's fascinating for me because um most of my readings time factors in so you've seen my custom mat. I actually have custom mats that yes. are that I had made, and I'm going to shout out the person who makes my custom mats, Jonathan Emmett. He's a fabulous jewelry maker. I think after making my mats, I drove him absolutely crazy, and he doesn't make custom made leather mats for <laughs> divining anymore. I might have broken broken him there, but my mats are all designed with various time frames. And what I like about, I guess, my style of reading is that you can see progression. You can see the possibilities over a several week period, a several month period, or even up to a year and a half, two years in some cases. Looking at the progression, especially when you have a client come back, you know, two weeks later, a month later, and you throw again and you see how things have changed or have not changed based on their ability to make changes and implement those changes and their willingness to do so. So I find bone reading to be an ever evolving thing. 
you have the factor of the unknown in the equation of the unknown is so you throw the set and this you know and the bones and the shells speak to you and say okay based on past circumstances this is where your client is at if your client does not make any changes that's the unknown this is what the future is going to hold if the client makes changes this is the possibility and I love to be able to see that and then to come back several weeks later and throw again to see whether the client, the unknown, implemented the changes or not to see what happens. Uh, it, I mean, it's fascinating to me. It, also, it often reminds me of the Ifa Oracle when they use, they work with the Odus and you have things that are the multiple of 16, it's 256 Odus. When you look at bone reading and reading um, of shells and bones together and so forth, and you go past the surface, you really start digging deep into how the infinite number of ways that things can work out based on the unknown factor of the client and the client's behavior and choices. It's, it's fascinating. I mean, maybe I'm getting a little too heady here um, with the show, but I actually, you know, sit with my set and really get into the various levels that go along with bone reading. Well, I can't blame you because since I had my class with you, you know, mm-hmm. I have been going, you know, full steam, you know, I've been devoting, you know, aside from my show, you know, I've been devoting a lot of time to my bones. I've been putting together my bone journal. I've been writing down my meanings for my pieces, adding the pieces in, adding the readings that I do into the same book so I can go back Ooh. and refer. You know, and that's how I know the progression right now is, you know, I'll do a reading. When I'm done, I take the pictures. I remember what I've said. So I write down as much as I can remember in the book. And then when right. I do the follow up, I go back after that session, even with the client saying, look, you know, last time, here's what we went, you know, this is what <laughs> we said. Here's where we were. I said, now here's today and everything that we've moved to. So it also shows them the progression from before and after, you know. Yes. And I have found that since I started doing that, they have really been yelling at me. <laughs> Right. And see, and that's, and and I have to say, I'm all smiles to hear that your um, bone sessions with me, learning um, how I read bones and how I teach have been beneficial to you because let's be honest, a bone is just a bone. Right. A shell is just a shell. You know, a curio is just a curio. Right. And putting them together and throwing them, you could be looking at literally bone shells and curios. That's it. It has no meaning. It has no spirit. It has no life. And a lot of people get stuck, not just with bone reading, with any divination system because they are in their head too much. They're thinking too much. They're not attached to spirit. We have a tendency from a Western perspective to want to overanalyze things, to make everything so clinical, so logical and sterile. Spirit is highly logical, moves in a certain way. And when we get out of our heads and we get out of our own way, we will be surprised at the infinite possibilities of our own gifting and our ability to hear spirit because like I said a bone is just a bone but when that bone is assigned a meaning and we get out of 
the thought process of everything has to go a certain way. It has to mean this. It has to be that way. And we let our own higher self or the spirits that we work with start communicating with us. That bone set begins to come to life and it begins to tell a story and weave a story of past, present and future. Yes. And, you know, and I owe a lot of that to you because, you know, I am a very linear person. I'm also Mm -hmm. a very technical person. You know, that's part of my regular daytime job or my nighttime job is I work as a network operations center technician, you know, so it's Mm -hmm. all about routers and switches and hubs and IPs and, you know, data transfer. For me, you know, I'm always looking for things as I like to put it, like a technical manual, because that's how my brain works. Yeah, but that also limited me, you know, right? And not having the fluidity, you know, and having that sessions with you, you know, really got me to understand that. Look, you know, I already read in certain ways. You know, this is how I'm used to already viewing and seeing things. And uh-huh. getting out of my own head and saying, look, when I'm throwing, continue to read as I would, whether it's, you know, the left side for me is the past, the center, present, the right side is the future, you know, all of those right. things were already ingrained from other systems. Mm-hmm. But yet I was forcing myself to try and learn a particular style Right. And see, this is the thing that, so I work, uh, when I do my contract work, I work as a compensation analyst. So I work with numbers, facts, and figures. And just like yourself, things are very linear. They're very black and white. An equation is always going to net this type of result. So I understand that. So you have the programming that we all tend to have, no matter whether we do something analytical or not, that says, you know, two plus two must equal four. In spirit time and in spirit speak, two plus two may not necessarily equal four. Or it may be a different type of four. And people get stuck with that. People get in their own way. The other thing that I find is that many people tend to start out with card reading. Nothing wrong with that. They read the uh, right away oracle cards and most people tend to learn by row. They memorize cards, you know, they have the Celtic cross, they have this row, that row, and they bring that with them to a very fluid divinatory system. So people tend to see um, hard pieces that you hold in your hand, like cards are hard pieces. Whereas if you scry with water, water is a fluid thing. So people tend not to look at scrying the same way they would look at bone divination and card reading. So people bring these hard, um, hard, fast set rules with them to something like bone divination. And they feel that they have to read a certain way. Michelle Jackson is one of the few people that I know um, that were former card readers and still can read cards that successfully marries that um, training and that skill set from card reading with bone reading. Uh, she's able to allow it to be fluid and to let spirit speak and to let the pieces have their meanings and still kind of do it in a way of a card reader without getting trapped in her head. 
if that makes sense. So a lot of people, when they come to bone reading, they're fascinated by it, but they're still thinking, okay, past, present, future. Okay, this is the Celtic cross. This, if this falls here, it has to mean that it needs to look like that and everything has to be in a logical order. Bone reading for me is far more fluid than that and far more dynamic. Yes. And when I'm looking at mine, you know, I'm always going to my key pieces. I'm always looking mm-hmm. at, you know, either the bracelet with whatever's on the inside as, you know, this is important information that we need to know about this particular situation, you know, right. and the pieces that are around it. I've also recently been, I'll call it hovering over a reading. Mm-hmm. In other words, I have to get up on my knees and actually lean over and look down from a top view. So I can start I actually to do patterns. That. That's interesting. I, yeah, I tend to um, read on the floor or I have a mini stool that I sit on that puts me a few inches above my set because it allows me to almost... Um, and I'm not being facetious when I say that I'm being sincere to have a God's view of the, of the client's world. Right. So when I'm looking down, I'm able to see everything that I can possibly see. Yes. And you know, I had to start adapting that because I'm looking at certain things going, Oh, wait a minute. I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. And I'd go to the other side or I'd go and look at it from the top view. You know, I go right. from different angles, almost like I walk around the set, where I can see patterns, shapes, lines, whether they're circles, triangles, you know, to see what pieces are connecting to what pieces. Right. You know, which has added another layer of depth. And it, you know, blows my mind the amount of depth that comes into these systems. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Uh, again, the depth and the width of systems like bone reading never ceases to amaze me. I just recently, this past weekend was the Big Apricondra Gala with um, yes. myself, Michelle Jackson, Professor Charles Porterfield, um, Beverly Smith, Reigns Conjure Shop, um, Professor Ames. Uh, I sat in in Michelle Jackson's class. Now, you would think that not only has she been a personal teacher to me, and I've done other galas and festivals with her, that you would think that I've grown tired of seeing her classes. <laughs> but every time <laughs> I sit in on one of her sessions, the depth goes a little further down and the width goes out a little wider because you get to see another aspect. And that's why when I say bone reading is deep and wide and is very fluid. That's what I mean, because it always gives you something to think about. It gives you another perspective of getting one, getting out of your own way, because, you know, we're in our heads far too much as diviners. When we're in our heads as diviners, that means we're not hearing, seeing and interpreting correctly because we're in our own way and we're second guessing ourselves. The the depth of being able to see other layers allows you to explore the human elements that will help your clients make adjustments. And it's one of those things that, you know, as a diviner, you know, and I use the word diviner specifically differently than I do reader, you know, and I yes. always have. And it's always because as a diviner, 
we tap into our spiritual guides, our ancestors, the ones that we work with on the other realm that we connect with that interpret and pass information along with whatever system that we're using. You know, readers, yeah, there are a lot of great readers. They read specifically just cards, card meanings, combinations, numbers, things that add up, the numerology. But there is a big difference. You know, there's yes. no spiritual connection directly to guides, ancestors, spirits that we develop and work with. You know, so I always bring that up because, you know, for me, it's an important thing of any divination system. Uh-huh. You know, I did want to take a couple moments to thank some of the wonderful people that we have in our chat room that joined us. Okay. You know, we have, hey, Amberzine Laguerre. We have Ryan James. We have Owen Ballard, Professor Porterfield. We have Angel on Hand. We have Evelyn Gregorno. We have RK. We also have Tanya and Wilma Burnham. I do have a very special announcement that I have to bring this in. You know, my friend Karen of Tea with Karen has just officially launched her tea card reading courses. So if you're interested in learning more about tea cards and tea card divination, please take a look over at teawithkaren.com. That's K-A-R-I-N.com. You know, I've been friends with Karen for a long time, you know, and I support her like I do everybody else, you know, and I'm also one of her co-teachers in her courses. Nice. Tea with Karen. I'll have to check her out. But before we go on, I wanted to just go back to what you were saying about the other divination systems and it not being necessarily spiritually connected. I agree. And I also not disagree, but I'll push back a little bit. I find that, and I, and I can't stress this enough, and I say this with everybody that studies with me, the moment that you get out of your head and you get out of your own way, you open up the infinite possibilities to go from being a reader to a diviner. And how I, divi- um, how I define diviner is someone that just doesn't just give you the facts of what's there. They look, look, they look holistically at the problems and they offer solutions. They are trying to come up with a way for you to get from point A to point B, mm-hmm. taking into consideration all the junk that falls That's in between. between. Yes. Absolutely. And not only to get from point A to point B, but how spirit can recommend that you go from point A to point B and to offer the resources because as a diviner, I believe in healing. Yes, I agree. You know, healing, we have to have, I mean, that's part of what we do. You know, even just even as a divination reader, we are healing aspects of clients' lives. You know, because a lot of times they come to us with baggage. You know, they come to us with problems and issues that they're not really just looking for yes or no. They're looking for how. You know, how can I right. do this? How or, or why did I get in this situation? And sometimes, and you know, for me, this is just my personal experience. Everyone's going to be different. I think what sets 
diviners apart and diviners from readers is the ability to answer the questions that the clients didn't even think to ask or that they don't even know that they have. So this is why I started sitting above my bone set because it gives me that view as if I'm looking into someone's personal universe to say, Hey, did you know that in about three months, this is going to happen? And it's tied to this event that happened seven years ago. Now, can I actually see that in a bone read? Absolutely, I can. Why? Because the pieces are um, prescribed a certain definition. And I step out of the way and I let their spirits talk to my spirits. And they say, hey, this is what's going on. So you are able to provide to a client saying this is going to happen in three months because of the current circumstance. But your response and the reason why you're going to be in that position is because something that happened to you when you were seven. You have to be able to answer questions that clients didn't know they had. So when you put your money down, I'm not a cheap date, but I'm going to make sure you get everything that you need. Why? Because it's about holy, holistic healing. It's That's what being a diviner is for me. That's how I define it. Not everybody's going to define it that way. Right. But I mean, it is what it is. You know, we work on the whole self. Right. Not just the top layer. You know, we got to peel down. You know, there's most people that come for a reading may have a question that they tell you. Uh-huh. But that's not always why they are actually there. Right. Spirit might tell them, hey, why don't you go and have a reading and find out what's going on with your love life? Mm-hmm. And their spirits have a different idea that, hey, look, you know, you got some serious shit going on that, you know, is preventing you from progressing in these particular areas. Absolutely. I, I had a um, case several years ago, we won't talk about present things. I'll like to be respectful to my clients if I don't have their permission. Several years ago, I had a woman that came to me about her love life. And what came up in the reading was that her son was going to be killed. And it quickly got away from that. I'm like, we can't talk about your love life right now because you have a real problem. You're going to end up bearing your son in the immediate future if you don't address this issue. The woman was taken aback and she decided to listen and it actually saved her son's life because she decided I'm going to take the family away for the weekend. We're going to do a family thing. We're going to be together. And when everything went down where he was supposed to be that weekend, he ended up not being caught in the crossfire. And that came out in a bone reading. Uh, And you know, one thing we have to bring up in, you know, any style of reading, you know, if you see something, it is your duty and responsibility as a diviner to say something. Absolutely. Because we have, we, we have fallen into an era of political correctness. We have to watch our words. We have to watch what we say. Yes, I agree. We're not out here to be nasty. I don't sugarcoat what needs to be said, especially if your health 
is on the line, if your safety is on the line, or if you're in a situation that's not going to change. Exactly. Some Sometimes we have to swallow the bitter truth. I'd rather give you a bitter truth than give you a sweet lie. And then, you know, two weeks from now, six months down the row, you're still in the same position. If that's the case, then... I am not being true to what walks with me. I'm not being true to the religion that I'm initiated to. And I'm doing a big disservice to people that come to me for help. Yeah. And it's all about the people. You know, it's not about you. It's not about how good you are. It's not about, Mm -hmm. you know, it's about having compassion. It's about really investing in your client's well-being. You know, and all you're going to do is say, oh, I see this and I see this and I see this and it's all beautiful red roses. Life is not always roses. I mean, it's rough. It's it's rough. And it's like um, even on the rare occasions that I read cards, you have readers that will take out um, the negative, the so-called negative cards or they won't read reversals. But in real life, there are reversals, there are curveballs, there are negative people. So we can't shy away from the things that we don't like. Right. In a bone reading, and I find bone readings to be sometimes beautifully honest or brutally honest. (laughs) We cannot shy away from the ugly things because this gives us an opportunity as diviners to help our clients face the things that they don't like so that they can change it to move ahead. Our job is to give the accurate information based on what is thrown and it is the client's responsibility to act on it or not act on it. Exactly. And it is a responsibility for your client to do whatever is prescribed and suggested if they want to move forward. Absolutely. It's still their choice but Myself personally, when I work with people, if I find that they are not doing anything, I don't read for them again until they start doing what they need to do. Oh, absolutely. I'm the same way. So there's one of my favorite movies is A Bug's Life. And there's a quote in there where the um, antagonist tells the protagonist, she's the the protagonist says, you know, but it's not my fault. And the antagonist says to her, You are management. And at the end of the day, everything is management's fault. And that's what I tell my clients. You are management. (laughs) That's the way you have paid me as your consultant to tell you what's going on in your company. And therefore, as management, at the end of the day, you are responsible. I am responsible for providing you an honest, accurate service. Because truthfully, I'm going to quote... um, my partner, my dear friend, this is something that he says all the time. And I and I use this line as well. I'm more scared of what my ancestors and spirits are going to say to me if I give an inaccurate reading than what my client is. I'm because, more scared of what they're going to do to me. <laughs> right. You know, so when these bones are thrown and here's a good example of when you as a bone reader, let's say you have um, a tree of life in your set. Excuse me. And the tree of life represents exactly what it says. The tree of life, growth, family, you know, new opportunities. And that's the set, you know, the meaning that you have in your mind and you throw it down. But spirit says, okay, in this instance, 
is not the tree of life. It is a problem growing out of control and it's got deep roots. You got to go with what spirit is telling you because spirit is working in the best interest of your client. This is why another reason why you have to get out of your own way, because I find, especially with newer readers, when they read bones that they have this, okay, I read Michelle Jackson's book. I read a couple of other bone throwing books. I'm part of these forums and I've given this piece of meaning. But when they read for a client, it keeps coming up with a different definition. They get stuck and they end up misinterpreting or they don't read that piece. And that can be a critical piece of information. So I encourage people to get out of their way, get out of your own way, because when you get out of your own way, messages come through. You can see the information, you can interpret and discern better and you can give your clients an honest, accurate reading. You know, there's a lot of readers that, you know, for bone readings, when you throw, you know, you've got, of course, you know, your face up, your face down, or if it's on the side, you know, whether it's talking or not talking, you know, I find that for me, a lot of times the ones for me that land upside down mm-hmm. aren't not speaking, but rather they have something important to say, but are not being heard. You know, something's okay. actually missing. So I know a lot of people, you know, in certain books and I've seen in groups where, okay, well, this piece is upside down, so this one is silent. On my side, I don't find that to be a case. On some pieces, yes, but on a lot of them, for me, it's more of, hey, you know, pay attention to this. Here's something that's missing. It's like a missing right. piece for me. Right, but remember, the beauty of bone reading is that... What may be silent for one person will be for you something is missing. For right. me, it might be, you know, something about to be flipped on its head or right. exposed or turned upside down. That's the beauty of bone reading. It will, the same piece will literally be different for each reader, for each diviner. And sometimes for each reading. I mean. <laughs> right. Indefinitely, yeah. For, I've had that happen. Where a piece will have multiple meanings, and depending on the reading, it might be something different, or it might be the same on several times. You may have pieces that don't want to speak anymore, and you have to remove them from your bone set. You know, and I love the fact that with bones, you know, when I first talked to you, you know, I was explaining. For me, I had a hard time with reading three-dimensional, 3D. Because literally, when you throw bones, you've got pieces on top of pieces sandwiched in between. I mean, you literally actually physically have layers of pieces. Yeah. You know, and uncovering and lifting pieces to see what's underneath adds further depth about whatever that piece is on the top or whatever that situation is that's going on, as you get down to the very bottom to see, hey, what's the root underneath here? Exactly. You know, what, what's the root cause? Or is something going to be exposed? So, the, you know, there are different ways that you can look at how the pieces fall, how they're layered, how they touch each other, how they don't touch each other. That's, as well that's, as what's that's missing. That's the beauty of it. What's know? missing? 
And then, you know, the other part of bone reading that we haven't discussed is the surface that you use. Because your surface also factors into your bone reading. Yes. So, um, and I have pictures up periodically of my throws. So I have several mats and each one of my mats are marked in a certain way that it tells a different story. So your surface can also factor into the bone reading because it can add an element of time. It can add different components of family. It can add fire signs to it. So it really depends on the surface that you're throwing on along with how the pieces throw that leads the uh, narrative of what's going on with your client. Exactly. Well, you know, I'm using right now just a plain leather as you're throwing bones, um, <laughs> a plain leather pelt. But I have started seeing in my mind's eye, my spiritual eye, patterns, shapes, crosses, you know, things that I've been working towards with the Ancestor Healing Kit. Right. You know, with the different segments, the different medicines. So slowly as I have been progressing I have been noticing these images self-impose themselves spiritually onto mm -hmm. my reading surface. And that's how I ended up designing my own mats. Because um, I think initially when I had started, I was using a particular purple cloth. I had a purple one and a blue one. And as I would throw, I would see just as you have different images and I started to have to mentally remember what the time frame, what the segments and what the houses were. And that's how I ended up designing my own mats and finding someone to design, I'm, so, I'm sorry, someone to make the mats to my specifications because you start seeing those patterns. Yes, you know, and that also still amazes me because being a card reader for years, yeah. It was throw and go to <laughs> lay them down and read, you know? Right. Now it's interesting enough. I think how, you know what now I, I had never thought of this and, and talking to you tonight has made me realize that I've been do, I've been reading the way that I read bones. I have been doing it probably for the better part of 15 years. So when I was a card reader, pretty much exclusively, how I would read cards, I would use three different decks. I would use the Rider Waite, the Lenormand, and Toth. Okay. And I, I had custom spreads that I built, and I would use all three decks. And each deck would, would tell a story. And it would be, this is, what the, this is the person, this is the querent, this is what they've done, and this is how it's going to play out over time. So I would read with these three decks and I would see the time dimension, the family dimension, the work dimension. And as I got into bone reading, I carried that method of seeing things through the lens of spirit into bone reading. I had, hadn't thought about that until just now. <laughs> so I'm curious as to what you're throwing about. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's habit. Because at any given time, I will either have four cowrie shells on me, 
<clears throat> excuse me, my mini travel, because I have several bone sets. So I have my master set, which is probably about 400 pieces. I have a mini travel set. I have my um, day-to-day travel set. And then I have smaller little, you know, like pocket sets. So right now I have a, a mixture of earrings, old earrings and shells. And I was just throwing to gauge how the listeners are liking the show. Ah, and what were they saying? I got I don't know positive. <laughs> I got positive that they're liking the show, and I was like, "Am I being too wordy? Am I getting a little too heady?" And it was no, you know, the show no, is being yeah. well received. So people in the chat can either confirm or deny that. Um, I don't mind at all, you know, <laughs> but I just wanted to make sure that the so show is um, flowing. Yeah, but you've given so much, and I think one of the reasons why everybody loves it is. You've given freely of a lot of information. You have explained a lot of things in depth. For people who may not know anything about bones, you know, I fell in love with my bones for the second time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy. But you know what? That makes me happy because at the heart of things, because most people who come across me view me as a diviner or view me as a a a priestess. At the heart of it all, at the beginning, middle, and and the end of every day, I like to teach. Yes. I think education, knowledge is power. So if you're going to be divining for people, especially, this is why I teach, um, and teach people who want to put up their shingles. If you're going to be divining for people, I want you to be as honest and accurate as you can be. Why? Because in my practice... As a root worker, as a Yaya and Kisi, I often get the people that I've got to clean up because they've gone somewhere or they've gotten in erroneous information. Life is too short, number one. We have too much to deal with on a daily day basis to go to a diviner or a worker that's going to give you bad information. And possibly put you off of the course of your destiny or have you stay in a relationship that is no good for you. So if you're going to be a diviner and I'm going to teach you, I'm going to demand integrity and honesty. I'm going to demand that you get out of your way so that you could be the best that you can be. Because what happens when you are a good diviner, when you listen to the bones, when you throw the bones and you listen to the bones, or even if you're a card, even if you scribe. Usually in your client's reading is a message for you for something yes. that you can correct and self-adjust you know, if you're open you to it. Up. So there'll be a message for you. And when you bless people, you will be surprised how it comes back to you. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because it's just like healing, you know, any kind of healing work, you know, it's more therapeutic sometimes for the person performing it than it is for the person receiving it. Because there's always things that we need to heal on ourselves that we do through the act of honest giving to somebody else. Absolutely. And, you know, for me as a bone reader, there's always a message in there. There's always a lesson in there. Um, Whether I receive it or not is another is another thing. I usually receive it. I may not receive it. Thankfully, you know, like, "Ah, I can't believe spirits is telling me this through this client. But, you know, I receive it. And the beauty of it is when clients come back to you and say, you know what? 
I, you know, I was mad at you when you gave me this reading. I didn't believe you, but you were right. And I say, no, I wasn't right. Spirit was right. Or you get a surprise love gift. I had a client recently who fought me tooth and nail in the reading, said I was a fraud, all kinds of stuff. And I said, all right, you're going to call me back in six months. I kid you not. Almost six months to the day, this person sent me a thank you via PayPal. I was quite surprised and sent me the most beautiful letter about his experience. That's the beautiful thing. When you give a reading, even the hard ones, when they come back and they're like, you know what, Miss Ambrosine or Andrew, because my name is Andrea, um, they come back and say, your reading helped me. Your reading blessed me. Or your reading got me out of a jam. And, you know, and that's what it's really all about. You yes. know, when I read cards in the Botanica with my madrina, you know, she sat at one side of the room and one table doing readings. I was sitting at the other side doing readings. She stopped in the middle of an actual reading when she heard me working with this one client because she has known, you know, that I had childhood trauma growing up that uh-huh. I had never gotten over. Or at least I didn't think I had gotten over it. Right. And she heard me in the middle of a reading, you know, going over my life issues from a young kid. Knowing that, you know, every time I had, you know, brought tears to my eyes, you know, it turned me into a blubbering slobber of, you know, slop. She stopped in the middle of the reading, you know, and then, of course, afterwards pulled me to the side and said, when did you get over this? And I said, honestly, I have no idea. I said, it was processed at some way, some level, spiritually, from yes. doing all these readings and helping other people that I did not even know. <laughs> right, but here, but here is the key with that. You didn't realize when your healing started. And when it was completed, it probably happened at some random moment that you can't pinpoint, but you got out of your head and you allowed spirit to help you help others, thereby blessing you. It's like giving um, someone on a street corner a dollar, right? You're at a crossroads and, and the homeless person comes up. Hey, man, you got some change and you give you say, hey, you know what? You give them a dollar. Then you drive off and you find ten dollars on the street. In my traditions, I say that's you know that's SU messing with you. SU gave you a test and you pass it. It's the same thing as being a reader. You do a reading and you got a good reading, and the client comes back and brings two friends. But as a diviner, here we go now. As a diviner, when you get out of spirit's way, they magnify your skills and your gifts as a diviner, and that very issue that you've been struggling with. They start healing you. I've even had that happen with my partner um, who helped me with an issue that I struggled with. And boom, didn't even realize when it happened, but the healing came. And that's how we get blessed back a hundredfold for the one or tenfold that we put out to our clients. Right. And that's the big key that people are missing today in our fast paced online. Give it to me now society. Yeah. And, you know, that's such a horrible part of life is, you know, it's give it to me now. Give it to me now. You know, I don't want to work for it. I don't want to do anything. You know, 
life is work, you know. It's work. And, and, you know, in some of our traditions, and I'll point to root work, it's called root work, not root fun, not root hangout on the corner. It's root work. <laughs> you know, when we are in our Orisha traditions, yeah. we got to make MO. Why? Because that's part of the work. When we divine, if you are that type of diviner, I don't start divination without doing prayers. And my prayers can be five to, you know, minutes to a half hour long, depending on what I'm doing. You got to put the work in. You know, and it's a lot of, and I'm going to say this too, since we are on the tradition and uh, spiritual religion aspect, you know, even though you join a house, Sernile or Namanso, if you're not putting in the work, don't expect anybody to hand you a book of 30 years worth of their hard life that they spent learning every single thing. Oh, heck no. You have to heck put in that no. work. You have to show up work you have to be there side by side working you know right you're exactly leaders you know exactly michael and you know as a bone reader bone diviner the modern society allows for us to use skype to use google hangouts to do classes because that's a lot of how i teach because a lot of my uh students and clients are not located near me so for certain things we can do online videos it's a great thing but in traditions where hands-on work and hands-on modalities are better suited if you're going to join a house, an ile, a munanso, a circle, a coven, and the heads of your coven or your ile or your munanso are several states away, before you join, make sure you budget travel money. Exactly. You know, because you have, right, you got to budget travel money. You got to say to yourself, hey, I'm going to join with this house. And I'm going to make a commitment to my own spiritual development to be there two to three times a year. So I'm going to budget for this every year. Yes. because Then you know, you're going to get your hands things. on and you can't bitch and moan about, I didn't get so-and-so. Right. And there are certain things you have to be present for. You know, you mm-hmm. can't get, you know, an allegro read, you know, an allegro reading or the calling down of your guardian angel, you know, over the internet. Yeah. You know, you're not going to get it with tarot cards and okay I'm a bone reader this is a bone reading show you're not going to get your guardian Orisha your guardian Mbungo your guardian cat or dog from a bone reading I'm sorry folks now a, a spirit will come through in a reading so it's not uncommon for me to do a reading and say hey you know are you crowned with Obatala or hey is so and so walking with you or hey this you know this spirit is coming through in this reading that's not uncommon right but you will never hear me say and any competent reader or diviner will not be able to tell you who your guardian um orisha or spirit is through whatever modality they're using exactly you know and that's an important point because you know as a diviner you know work within your system you know, if you're not crowned, you know, don't be trying to do, you know, Arisha readings, you know, no. don't be trying to do voodoo readings. Don't be trying to do, you know, 
work within your system. If you are crowned and you are doing a particular style of reading that is traditional, use that traditional method. You know, as a absolutely, and as a and as a diviner, if something is out of your um, purview, if you don't have the initiation or the skill set to do it, don't be afraid to refer them to a competent, legitimate person. So, I do not do um, Orisha readings. I partner with an Awo a Babalao and an Ianifa, and depending on the client will determine who they get referred to. Right. And you have to be, be able to give, and this goes to honest, accurate, and I believe Professor Porterfield said in the chat, authentic readings. And part of that is being able to refer people to where they need to be. Because again, here, herein lies that blessing. I gave that a shoe example. You give somebody a dollar, you will find 10 up the block. When you help a client and you do a, a bone divination and you see, hey, you know, a lot of Orisha speak here. Let me get them to the right person. When you put a client on their right path and you send them to the right person, it'll come back to you. Yes. You so know, we can't be afraid as diviners to help people walk their destiny. No, because when you look at it, you know, in some ways, it's like going to a doctor's office. You know, yes. if you go to your family doctor, your family practitioner goes, okay, well, you've got this certain type of a problem. Well, I'm not a specialist in this, so let me refer you to this person. Mm -hmm. And then you can come back later if you want to do a follow-up so we can see any underlying issues of anything else that's not associated with this speciality. That's right. And, and th that's what we have work to do. Together, you know, and say, look, you know what? I know this person is phenomenal at doing an ancestral reading. And I know this person is great at doing, you know, a bone reading for specific things. And this one is more practical on everyday, you know, occurrences in life that maybe they don't need to have just a spiritual reading. You know, that's my, one of the things that, I love about right. what I do, you know, not mm -hmm. just as a diviner, but also as a radio host and having such a very large group of people that support me is knowing I've got all of these people that I know that I can say, hey, you know what? This person can give you a hand. This person is able to help you. You know, you're looking for this. You know, check this person out here. You know, I'm not a master of everything. I'm good at certain things, and those are things I'm very proud of. Outside of those scopes, I'm going to send you to somebody else because I don't have that expertise and that skill. And I'd rather somebody have that, you know? Right, and the same, same with me. And also, too, I love it. I love to see other workers, diviners do that because that talks to me about their confidence in their abilities. You have to be very firmly rooted in your practice. Your self-esteem has to be high. Your confidence has to be high to say, hey, you know what? I'm not the right person for you, but let me get you to the right person. Right. And you know, sometimes we, we have to be well um, balanced and grounded. But I have to shout one other person. Now, I mentioned Michelle Jackson was one of my mentors. And I believe giving credit where credit is due. Another mentor of mine is Ian Lee from Fayele, 
who is another phenomenal bone diviner. She's an Ianifa, and I credit her with opening my worldview and broadening my perspective into looking into the Shangoma style of reading and looking at time from a cosmic and a physical perspective. So I had to shout her out. Thank you for allowing me to do that. Oh, of course. You know, I am all here about community. You know, and what makes us deserves credit and deserves to be thanked. You know, we deserve to sit there and say, hey, you know, this person has helped, you know, helped me get to where I am. You know, and it's all about respect, you know, respecting our elders and those that help us along our path. You know, sometimes I think ego kind of gets in the way of people doing things, you know, that yes. are right. And whether it is referring somebody, oh, I'm going to lose business. Eh, you're not going to lose business. If you're doing it for the right reasons. You're not going to lose business. Right. You know, you're not. And we don't, you know, and, and as a matter of fact, if you call yourself, and so now we're getting into, I guess, not the spiritual perspective of it. I mean, it is spiritual. We're getting into the perspective of, if you call yourself a diviner, a bone diviner, a card diviner, a healer, you shouldn't, this is just me again, everybody's opinion is different. You should not be of the mindset about where am I going to make this next dollar? You're either going to heal and help people and know that the universe will provide or you're going to be a business person. So if you're going to be a business person and you're going to be a marketeer, I'm not going to knock anybody's hustle. Go get your money. Right. Go get your money. But if you are here to be a diviner, then be that diviner. You can be a diviner along with a heck of a business aspect and build a, a phenomenal marketing website for spirituality and blah, 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 and still be authentic with what you do as a diviner. You can absolutely do the two. Yeah. And as long as it's coming from the heart, you know, absolutely. you know, I pay out of pocket for everything I do. You know, I bring in people, I support everybody, you know, this is my way of giving back to community, you know, letting the world know about all the beautiful and the wonderful people that have been on the show are currently on the show and will be coming on the show. You know, we don't, as a community, a lot of times, lift each other up enough. I agree with that. I so agree. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart, not only for having me on your show, but for taking the stance of operating from a point of love, from a point of community, and from a point of sharing what we do so freely with the world. Thank you, Michael. You are welcome. You know, it's a big part of me, you know, call me, call me, you know, an emotional, sensitive, sappy type guy. But you know what? I have a lot to be thankful, grateful and blessed for, you know, and every little thing I can do, you know, helps other people. It's like, hey, you may get somebody down the line that listens to this show that really, really needs a hand. And they're going to reach out to you. You know, they may send me an email and say, hey, I just want to say thanks because, you know, 
through your show, I was able to reach out to Ambrosine, you know, and I had a problem, and they were able to help resolve that for me. You know, in some aspects, you know, I'm part of that middle road, pushing and weaving things through. And I know that that in my life is part of one of the roles that I play. You know, spirit pushes me to say, you know, we're all community. You know, we're doesn't matter what race, what color, you know, we're all bleeding red. You know, that's God has right. put us all here. But at the same time, you know, be respectful for the cultures that you join into and are allowed, you know, to be in. Ashe, yes. You you have to you have to respect the cultures that uh, welcome you in. I wrote I wrote a blog post about that a while ago. We had some um, again hubbub online about respecting when you're invited to a dinner party. But you know you, Michael, I see you as an innkeeper of a you know an inn that serves breakfast, lunch, and dinners open twenty four seven. That's in the middle of nowhere where visitors can all come and converge. And you feed them, you put them up, and then you point them in the right direction to the next town. And that's what Divination Table has um, become in the short time that it's been on the air. A point where different people can come together and converge. And that's what I like about your show. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. Uh, I'm also blushing, too, because, you know, I was on a show previously. And as much as I love being the co-host... I didn't feel that it was pushing things the way that I really wanted things to go. Right. I got rid of the Uncle Monkey moniker because it's more than just about, oh, it's a fun thing to do. You know, I enjoy doing readings. But what I really enjoy is showcasing everybody else. You know, showcasing the beautiful traditions that we have. You know, I'm adopted in a, more than one tradition, you know, mm-hmm. and I say the word adopted specifically because that is what it is. You know, I'm not African-American. I have no African-American blood in me or Spanish blood or Cuban or anything else. But I was blessed that these families brought me in. Ashe. You know, and I can't teach anybody about African roots. I can't teach them about African culture because I don't know it personally. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not African. I'm not Cuban. Right. You know. But you're not these things, but you can create a space, a safe space for people to come and share what they love. For me to be able to sit and talk about bone reading. And, and, you know, and how my mind works with divination and helping people. That's, that's a great thing because it's rare when someone sits down outside of a classroom setting, an online classroom setting and says, Ambrosine, Andrea, you know, what about this? What about, um, you know, the bone reading really excites you. So when I throw bones, if I throw my, um, mini travel set, which is about, let's say it's about a hundred to 120 pieces. I've lost count. And I throw that set. I start seeing 
numbers of 16. I start seeing lately because I've added calories to my set. I start seeing different odus and it's amazing the process and seeing things come to life. So it's great to have divination table where I could sit and express these things and share them because there may be someone else out there who just bought their first bone set and maybe added cowrie shells to it and says, you know, hey, I'm seeing this. Am, am I making this up? No, you're not making it up. Spirit's talking to you because you're getting out of the way. I get excited by that. And I love, love sharing that. And I love having a platform to do it. And you know what? I love it myself. You know, Evelyn Bogorno in chat was just sitting there after we were talking initially about uh, Michelle Jackson's book and bone set. She goes, I'm Googling that right now. <laughs> Listen, it's the truth. It's the truth. Google, Google a Bing, man. Google a Bing. But it's yeah. you know, it's it's just one of those things. It's great to have spaces where we can come as devotees of our various traditions and just sit down and kick it with each other and say, hey, you know, this is how I look at it, or this is how this piece speaks to me. Because when you posted, <laughs> excuse me, the picture of the ice skates. I was like, oh, my gosh, OMG, I have so got to get a pair of ice skates. Yeah. And it's great to be able to share these ideas I and agree. to have, you know, spirits vibe with each other from across the country via Skype about how we can improve our skill set as diviners and also service customers. You know, and as Charles Porterfield says in the chat room, one wave lifts all boats. Amen, brother. That's 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 my brother right there, Charles Porterfield. That's my dude. <laughs> I know. So, do you have a favorite piece in your set? I do. I my favorite piece. I have a solid wood bull in my um bone set. That's my favorite piece. Now, is that um, the need for something? The nourishing part. Yes, it's a need. Okay, so it can represent several things. It can, from a um, diasporic perspective, it's a need to offer or make Ebo for something. Okay. It can also mean the need to feed masses. So if a person is a business owner and that piece falls a certain way or with other pieces, I may say, you know, hey, you need to look at your business plan or get with your accountant so you can make payroll. Ah, okay. See, I have a couple of favorites. One being the new one, which is the ice skate <laughs> that we talked about. The other one happens to be a monkey charm. And of Ooh. course, you know, I used to be known as Uncle Monkey on a previous show. And <laughs> that all started out with my niece when she was young and she was first learning how to speak. Right. And she had five uncles. You know, she had no problem with the word uncle. She just had a problem saying Michael. So you became Uncle Monkey. <laughs> the word uncle came out. That unk was still in the voice. She turned right into Uncle Monkey. So when I bought I the Ancestor Healing Set, that was the first piece I added to customize it for me. Because for the me, you know, the monkey is about playfulness but it can mm -hmm. also be about adaptability it's also highly intelligent you know it's trickery it's thievery you know it's all of these things rolled up into one it's got so many universal meanings 
you know? Yes, I love that. Um, you have me thinking about my pieces now. I think my other favorite piece, I have a pure silver spoon in my set, a mini silver spoon. So um, that represents the ability to provide for yourself. So that's an individual piece, the uh, ability to provide for yourself. And then I have a pair of silver handcuffs that I got from Michelle Jackson. It's like I freak out if I don't have my handcuffs in my set. And that might be indicative of other things that might be divination table after dark kind of show. (laughs) (laughs) with You know, the need to have silver handcuffs in my set. But those are like my my absolute favorite pieces that I have to have in all my. So actually all of my sets will have a silver spoon in it and um, handcuffs the bull is in my main set that I use and I'll take it out and put it in different sets if I'm traveling. But those are, those are like my favorite pieces and probably um, I have a shell that represents a female ancient ancestor that I really, I just like the way it looks. It's pretty. Uh, I, I have one. I bought one shell. And I can't, I can't lie. I'm sitting there going, man, this looks so beautiful. I'm going to order this, you know, so I get it home and it's massive. (laughs) Oh yeah, I did that once, but I, I took a massive (laughs) shell, put it in my set and I use that now as the querent. So if someone is with me face to face, I allow them to hold that shell and set it in the center of the mat. And then the throw revolves around that person. Ah, That's what I did with my large show. Okay. So right now I've got mine in front of my television as a beautiful piece. People can look at it because it's literally it's like eight inches long. Oh, wow. That's huge. Wow. Yeah, that's too big for um, a bone set. I think my largest piece is my um, tiger cowrie. That's one of my largest pieces in in any one of my sets. Now, you know, I have a pipe stem from a small corncob pipe in my mm-hmm. and for me it represents a couple of things the first thing is my grandfather you know you mm-hmm. smoke i remember the smells of you know like apple and cherry tobacco you know nice. he also smokes cigars too mm-hmm. the other thing that it represents for me depending on which end you know if it's not the mouthpiece end but the piece that goes into the actual pipe right for me that's my need for cleansing you know, blowing smoke onto, you know, being cleansed, you know, whether it's by, you know, tobacco or whether it's by, you know, spiritual bath depends mm-hmm. on the piece that it points to as to what type of cleansing, you know, okay. to take place, you know, because for me, you know, tobacco is a very strong thing that we use in tradition. Right. And, to clean and right. Communicate. Right. Okay. You know, I, I like that. I like that. Are you, you have, I'm like, quiet because now you've got me thinking because I'm always on the prowl for <laughs> pieces for my bone set like for cleaning I have a one two three I have three specific pieces that represent d- the different types of um, cleaning that one may need to do so and when I say types it's on level so there's the physical cleaning like you may need to go on a diet lose weight there's the spiritual cleaning that one may need to do. And then there's the mental, emotional. So I have pieces that represent those aspects. 
And within my set, I have other pieces that specifically say, oh, you need to clean with tobacco or you need to clean by water and so forth and so on. Right. And I'm sure my set will grow over time. I mean, it has grown <laughs> to about 125, 130 it's pieces now. I have a problem, Michael. Can I talk to you? I have a problem. Um, I, I just, I can't stop myself. I thought I was bad with herbs and roots, but with the bone <laughs> set, it's bad. Because one of my um, kids just recently came back from um, college and walked in the house and bought me. He found a miniature gold lock with gold keys. Ooh. all gold plated and he was like mom I saw this I was traveling and this will be perfect for your bone set and I'm like oh my gosh you know me so well <laughs> and I, I really have a problem because like even when I cook and you were talking about turkey bones recently online the, the wish bones sorry not the yes. turkey bones um, when I cook if there's a bone that I can harvest from whatever I'm cooking I might just do that dry it cure it and you know spiritually clean it and I have and I actually have a big basket of backup pieces and pieces that eventually at some point in time I'm going to find a use for yeah I got a problem I got, I got I, a bone problem <laughs> I've I've got a problem too. I buy everything in three sixes and nines so I make sure if I buy you know bones or pieces I deliberately buy backups yeah, yeah, you got it bad. I have a large basket, you know, of spares, parts, extra bones. You know, it's like I'm all set. If anything breaks, I got it at hand. I got it. I got it. Like, and right now I'm on the hunt for a miniature elephant. They have them out there, but I just haven't found the one. So when I find the one, I'm going to probably buy about five or six of them. Yeah, I, I have an elephant in mind, too, and specifically, this one only has two actual meanings. One is my grandmother. My grandmother, nice. when I was younger, had the largest selection of elephant statues and miniatures, you know, large. I mean, 4,000 pieces in total. Mm, oh, Wow. Yeah, so much she was actually in the local newspaper at one point, and there was a picture of all of them on the wall, you know, shelves and shelves and shelves. Of elephants. Of elephants. You know? that's, that's actually pretty cool. I would love to see a picture of that if you have one, because we, we, Michael and I will chat privately, y'all. So, you know, right now, even though you're listening to the show, we're actually kind of sort of having a private conversation <laughs> right now. But, you know, wow, I would love to see a picture of that. my grandmother, you know, in well, spirit. But also represents, you know, pushing through stuff. You know, mm. the only two meanings that that piece wants to have is it's either going to be my grandmother coming through or it's going to be you just really need to push through this shit right now. Oh, nice. Now, what I'm what I'm searching for right now, I'm looking for the right piece because I seem to I have a crop of clients. I seem to be in a cycle right now. Um, what I'm looking for is the right piece to represent deviancy. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. A deviant client, you know, um, someone that has different sexual tastes, 
not orientation, but taste, because this is coming up in a lot of readings that I'm getting late. And I'm like, boy, I need a piece to represent that. So I'm, I'm on the hunt for the right piece. I know over the next several months, I'll be in different states um, teaching. I'll be in New Orleans and Denver, out in L.A., doing different uh conjure shows and you know doing my style of teaching so i'm looking for the right piece i don't think a shell is it because i have quite a few shells in my set and i'm like on the hunt for that because sometimes i get lucky and i actually find a lot of my pieces walking down the sidewalk i found sarah i found gold earrings that are now in my set i get lucky i find a lot of pieces just walking down the street you're not lucky you've already called for pieces so they just present themselves Oh, I like that. Okay, so I need a deviant piece, y'all. I'm calling for my deviant piece. I need a silver elephant, preferably solid silver that I find while I'm going to the supermarket. Thank you, amen. I shave up the play. So tell me, because I know you are also going to be at the Mile High Cal- uh, Gala, too, for the Conjure, correct? Oh, absolutely. So the Mile High Conjure Gala happens September 29th and 30th in Denver, Colorado at the historic Lumber Baron Inn. The Lumber Baron Inn is actually a beautiful place. I know the owners, Elaine and Joel, their chef is phenomenal. The food is great. So, you know, that's where my mind goes. Drinks and food first foremost. They have a beautiful ballroom. Uh, Myself. Michelle Jackson, another phenomenal um, bone diviner. Beverly Smith, Professor Ames, Professor Charles Porterfield. Um, I do believe, I'm like 99% certain about this. Rain, uh, Lelia of Rain's Conjure Shop will be there. Who else is going to be on that? Brother Ryan James will be there. A bunch of vendors. We're going to be teaching various conjure topics this year at the Mahal Conjure Gala. I'll be teaching about sex and conjure magic. Um, I think Professor Porterfield may be doing the sporting life again. You don't want to miss that. But the great thing, what we do with the Conjure Gala series, and particularly in the Mahal Conjure Gala series this year, is that we are doing a series of, we have a payment plan. Because let's face it, you know, most of us are out here working, we have children, we got fur babies, we have expenses, and sometimes we just can't always come up with a big chunk of change to buy tickets for a two-day event. So we have our tickets on sale And you can spread it over four payments. As long as it's paid by September 20th, you're in like Flynn. So join us out there September 29th and 30th in Denver, Colorado. The house is haunted in a good way. No, there's actually there's one guy in the house. Um, I don't want to scare folks, but there's one guy in the house who became my buddy and friend. And he is. Can I curse on your show? Yes. He's a real, let me tell you, this spirit is a real motherfucker. (laughs) And if he don't like your ass, you're going to know it. (laughs) But he's, you know, he and I are cool. And we have the young ladies that have a room on the second floor. And there's a whole story behind their murders. But they're there and they're actually very nice. And the children that run through the house. I mean, I think out of all of the places that I have been to, over the years, this is probably the most spiritually active house I have ever been in, so much so that I refuse to stay there 
overnight. So I'll be staying at the hotel about a mile away. (laughs) (laughs) They wouldn't leave me alone if I was there. I mean, they would probably keep me up all night. Listen, say what you will. You know, we do the Apollo stuff. I do this. I do that. But sleep in a house that is purposely sleep in a house that has spirits that just, you know, trace up and down the steps all night long. That's just not my cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've got, call me a punk. I got, I got limits. I got a threshold. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind ghosts. I used to go to a lot of haunted houses and I used to actually, you know, work in houses and I've done house cleansings, you know, but no. <laughs> no, no, you're braver than I am. I mean, I, I won't, look, I not, won't sleep not in them. For I won't not sleep in them. No, I, I, I'm not going to go to sleep. I'll I'll break bread with you. We can do ritual. We can hang out. But, you know, it's like 11, 12 o'clock. It's time for me to go to bed and get my beauty rest. I'm like, okay, I'm calling Uber and I'm going to the cab. And then I'm going to my hotel and I will see you all in the morning. But it's, I mean, we had so much fun last year at the Mile How Conjure event. So I hope you guys can come because space is actually limited. So once tickets sell out, we won't have room for, you know, anyone else. Um, Owen Ballard, Top Top Ballard had said in the chat um, about how about charm bracelet size handcuffs. Yes, that's actually what I use, Top Top Ballard. I think charms from the bracelets are the right size for bone kits. So if anybody's interested in collecting pieces, charms from bracelets are, or the charms that you can put on bracelets are good. And you can actually go to Michael's or any of these other crafting stores or like in New York, we have the jewelry district where you can go and find really like nice size pieces for your bone set. Yeah. See, we don't, I might have to go to Michael's. We've got one of those up here and I've never even thought of going there. Yeah, you can get the charms for the bracelets and use those in your bone kits. So what would you say for a new person that wants to get into learning how to read bones? You know, what would you suggest for a first step, you know, or any tips that you could give to them as a new a newbie? I hate that word, but I'm always yeah, calling myself yeah, a I newbie. <laughs> Just starting, we'll say this, just starting out with bone reading, what I would suggest is, yes, invest in um, the book by Michelle Jackson's Bone Shells and Curios. It's it's clear, it's very well laid out, and it gives you an introduction to bone reading. It's a very solid book, and it's great to have in your library. The other thing that I will say is suspend your belief. Whatever you're coming into bone reading with, suspend that belief. Start with a fresh slate. The third thing that I will recommend to start simply get yourself a mini bone kit that may have maybe 10 pieces. Learn the definition of the pieces or assign a definition to the pieces and then work there with those three things. Then you will get started. If you're naturally um, gifted as a diviner, Things will come to you a lot faster, but don't be in a rush to have uh, one of these mammoth sets like I have, like Michelle Jackson has, like Ianifa Faele has. Our sets are massive. Yes. And their sets are bigger than my sets. So um, if you could only imagine. So start small and guess what's going to happen? Over time, pieces are going to start speaking to you. You're going to start finding pieces and then you're going to be able to build your bone set so that you can tell a complete story and you can give a client or yourself for that matter, 
an accurate and honest reading. The other thing that I'm going to suggest, the fourth and final thing, is read for yourself. Every day or a few times a week, throw the bones and read for yourself. But you must stay out of your way so that you are not clouding what is being said to you. Yes, and I agree with that. And I do things a little backwards myself personally. You know, I don't like to start small because I always look at the big picture of stuff being a diviner. You know, for me, a large number of pieces was essential for myself because that's, you know, working with many different systems. I already have pieces in my head that I know I automatically need, you know, so... You know, even just from, you know, reading Michelle Jackson's book and going, well, that made sense. And that's why I've been thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But I had to start with a set that was too much for me to start with in reference okay. to, you know, the mat, which for me was that's the biggest thing is the reading surface. You know, I had to pull myself back and learn how to read bones from a basic level of reading first, mm-hmm. you know, and as I progress, you know, things have multiplied and have changed and have, you know, shown me different images and everything else, you know, so don't be afraid to start small. You know, I like yeah. a lot of pieces because personally that's what works with me, mm-hmm. you know, but don't be afraid to sit there and say, look, you know, maybe this is a little bit too much. Let me go back and start things from the beginning. Let me get a basic understanding of how the actual system works and how the pieces play on one another, you know. Right. And, you know, and I will say this for those that are coming into bone divination from another system such as Tarot. I'm actually going to quote Michelle Jackson again. She said this this past Saturday at the uh, Big Apricotja Gala. If you can memorize 78 cards and their reverse meanings, you can memorize the bones. And what their meanings are as you um, subscribe them. And I think actually it's easier to remember bones. I do too. I, I find it far easier. I mean, because, because when I was a card reader, I had to know my Toth deck, my Lenormand, and my Rider Wave deck. So it wasn't just 78 cards for me. I'm right. working with three decks simultaneously. Doing bones and shells are far easier for me. But I think one of the things about bones I love the most is the meanings are personal. For me. Yes. And they're mm-hmm. personal for you. Mm-hmm. It's much easier for me to have 130 pieces and know every single piece's meaning because I gave them to it. Right. You know, so it's about knowing what meanings you place on them, what the bones tell you. You know, mm-hmm. you'll automatically remember what pieces are. Some people find, you know, their pieces that are associated to lessons they learn in life. You know? Yes. If they're near a car accident and they find a piece, you know, that could represent tragedy. You know, if they're on a date and they find a piece, you know, that could be their dating or their love life, you know, piece. Exactly. 
And that's, I mean, but again, that that's why bone divination is unique because it's personal to the diviner. And I think that's one of the things that has, you know, made me fall in love with the whole set all over again. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing more of that than anything else. <laughs> yeah. Once I started with bone divination, I, I, right now I just basically collect cards. It's, it's rare for me to pick up a deck of cards. I will um, scribe with water and I'll read with spirit just as frequently as I do with bones, but they all tend to be in conjunction with each other. But once I started with the bones, I mean, forget it. And I, I you know, in talking about personalization, I got into an argument, a full fledged knockdown drag out argument with um, one of my godfathers several years ago, because in my bone set, Cowrie shells have the opposite meaning, whereas the open side, you know, in the lagoon or, you know, other systems, the open side is, you know, positive And then the other side closed is negative. It's reversed in my bone set. And I was doing a reading for he's like, give me a reading. So I said, sure, no problem. Gave him a reading. And he was like, oh, you're reading this wrong. I'm like, how are you going to tell me what my set says? And we get into a big argument about it. And I'm like, this is what it says. Right. Within 24 hours, what was in the reading came to pass. And he was like, oh, my gosh, that's so different. I'm like, because it's my friggin bone set. These are my shells and this is how it works with me. So this was about maybe 10, eight or 10 years ago. Fast forward to about a year and a half ago, I found out why from spirit. I'm not going to say it on the air. I found out why from spirit. My shells are opposite than what most people would think. So this is why I'm adamant about people stepping out of the way when it comes to divining, defining pieces in their bone set. Yeah. You never know. There's a method to spirit's madness, and we're just not privy to it. Yeah. And sometimes we will never be. You know, mm-hmm. Sometimes it is just, you know, what it is. And we accept is what it is. This is what spirit says. This is what it wants. This is what the meaning is going to be. Goes against everything I know. But hey. But I'm going to go with it because, you know, this meaning is coming out so strong. So that's why I tell people, don't be afraid. If you're, if you are intuiting that um, a raccoon penis bone represents the Virgin Mary, everybody's going to think you're crazy. But in your set, it's unique to you. It's unique to how you divine and how you intuit with spirit or hear spirit. That's what that piece is going to mean. Right. And you can't argue with your spirits and your intuition when they are connected and working together. Absolutely. You know, that's why we divine. You know, we divine to help people and we divine to keep that connection with our spirits strong. And we feed them. In that way, we make stronger the connections that we have the more that we work, you know, together with our spirits and our ancestors. Absolutely. I, I agree wholeheartedly. You know, your bone set is your bone set and your meanings are your meanings. And, I, you know, I learned that lesson having an argument with somebody about what my set meant. And I don't know how somebody can argue somebody, you know, something that they don't know. It's your set. 
<laughs> well, you know, it is funny because the, the godfather in question is a bone diviner and a very good one at that. And, you know, also reads the lagoon and was just like, no, you know, cowrie shells, when they're faced this way, it needs to be that way. And I'm like, I'm like, no, Baba, that's not the case. In this particular instance, this is what it means. And we went back and forth and we had a whole big thing. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm not going to argue with you no more. And then the next day. He was like, wow, I would have never thought. And people who were there at the time, because it was actually at a birthday party that this happened. People who were there at the time was like, wow, you know, in my experience, this is what an open calorie means, what a closed calorie means. And you're saying it's the opposite for your for your bone set. And I'm like, yes, for this case, it's, it's different. And then several years later, spirit revealed why it was different for me and why it was unique for me. And again, I say, step out the way and learn your system the way that you need to learn it, because that just makes you a stronger diviner. Yes. You know, with any system, you know, before you can get into the intuitive part and the spirit messages that come through, you have to have a basic understanding and meaning of all your pieces and how the system works. Yes. Once you do, then your intuition will start to freely flow with whatever system. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's cards, you know, Lenormans, tea cards, tarot, you know, bones, shells, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you have to have a understanding of all the pieces and all their meanings. Absolutely. And what's the one thing that I always say, in addition to all the other one things I always say, Michael, get your journal. Yes, you got to You got to have a journal. That was one of the first things that you and I discussed when you studied with me. You have to have a journal. Every piece you need to write about, it needs to have its own page in your journal. Why? Because as you evolve, you will assign extra meanings to your pieces. Yes. And I have your name for my beautiful your journal. Right. I know your journal is beautiful. I love it. You sent me a picture of it. It's it's massive, but it needs to it. be because it's not just about the pieces. I also put readings in that book as well, mm-hmm. you know, so I can see how things develop as time moves on. So for me, it's the big book of bones. well that's what i call it when i did when i did the reading for my student when he came over to learn um reading cards you know Mm -hmm. and i did his follow-up i said hey look i said you are now officially in the big book of bones i love it but no that's actually a beautiful journal well you know i am a online tech kind of guy i really don't Mm -hmm. like doing anything in handwriting one, my handwriting stinks, but I've never been a journaler. So I've had to start forcing myself, which now I don't have to force myself anymore. You know, because I'm seeing the value in putting all that information down because it solidifies everything with me. It talks yes. back to me. It tells me, hey, I need a change. Here's how things have moved and progressed. Mm-hmm. So I've got a physical representation of a I'll call it a life journal for you know lack of it's a map you know to my set 
Mm-hmm. Which exactly. That's, the, that's the perfect way to put it. It's a map to your set. And then there will be times when we write things down and we come back to it and we go, oh, I don't even remember writing that. Yes. And like I said, I've never been a journaler. I do thank you for, you know, pointing it out, pushing me into really, you know, saying I should really do this. And because I really have a love for divination, you know, I didn't wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went right out and bought it. You know, it was just like, okay, if I'm really going to connect and I really want to do this, then I need to do it wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. I agree. And if you're naturally talented and you've been a diviner of other systems over the years, this just helps reinforce certain things. If you are not doing this regularly, it gets you in the habit of having a consistent practice. Because I think, um, and I'll use myself as an example, we get comfortable. I'm human. I get very comfortable. And when I'm comfortable, I take for granted that I have the ability to do certain things. And when you you get comfortable, that's when you, you know, you can fall off, you can slacker, you can miss things. Journaling is part of the process of developing a consistent habit. That's a healthy thing. That's the thing that helps you grow, which is why with, um, and I think you and I discussed this, over time with consistent habits, you will find that sometimes you don't even have to pick up your bone set. Before you throw it, you have the answer. Right. And the other thing I found with journaling Mm -hmm. that I thank you for, because like I said, I've never been a journaler. Never liked it. Putting it on paper has gotten me out of my head. Yes. <laughs> Hold on, y'all. Everybody be quiet because I got to do the happy Jesus clap. Michael is out of his head. I've been wanting to shake you about that. I'm so glad. And that you opens know, up a whole new it, world it, when you get out of your way. It think you know you would think that it's just a small thing. It's a big thing. You know, I mean, I've fought for years and I don't need to write that. I've, I've got it all in my head. Well, yeah, that's where it was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. And and you don't realize how being in your head blocks you. Yes. And it, and it clogs your spiritual sight. It clogs your visual, your um, spiritual hearing and your um, spiritual sense of taste because I taste. Some people hear spirits clearly. I don't hear them. I can taste. I can download words. But when you're in your head and you're not doing your regular consistent journaling exercises or, you know, just throwing for the sake of throwing, you know, once a day or a few times a week, you begin to clog the information highways that spirit talks to you. Yes. And it was a huge thing for me because, I mean, the moment I sat down and started writing and started putting the readings I've done for myself and others and the meanings down, which I'm not done with all of them yet, but it is it is taking place. It has felt like I have downloaded stuff from my brain that I don't have to keep up there, even though they're there. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I don't have to think or stress or search in my mind for where anything is, which is how I remember a lot of other stuff. 
Right. Well, you know, um, Tata Ballad is, is being funny, but at the same time, he's asked a, a very good question. How do you get out of your head? I mean, I've been out of my mind all my life, but that's him being funny. But it's a valid question. How do you get out of your head? Um, and this is just my experience. I find a lot of us that have Western ideology, Western um, style of education and training, we tend to overthink things. Everything has to have a meaning. Spirit, spirit work, whether it's through bone divination or root work, whatever the case may be, is fluid. And if you are in your head, you're not being fluid. You're being stuck in a box, in a very small, tight box. You got to pull open the lid and be open to the possibilities. You have to be open to the possibility that there are things other than black and white. There's shades of gray. There's red. There's purple. And when you see something that looks different than what your training is, you got to let it go. And you have to let it come to you and flow the way that it needs to flow. What we tend to do is when we see something that doesn't match the definition, we stop what we're doing and we want to take it apart and analyze it. Spirit don't got time for all that. Mm-hmm. I'm a big analyzer. I mean, I'm a Scorpio. You know, we're the detectives. We got to search and sleuth and, you know, figure stuff out and for me, right. that and, was the and biggest when you stole thing. the bones, the bones are saying to you, you it's clearly you got your bone shells and curios all on your mat. And it's clearly saying, you know, at five o'clock, the rooster's going to walk to the corner and crow and then walk back. It's very clear. But our logical mind goes, well, what color is the rooster? <laughs> and are you sure the rooster's going to go to the corner on the right or is it going to go to the corner on the left? We start doing that instead of just saying, OK. A rooster is going to be here at 5 o'clock on this corner is going to grow. We get all caught up on what's the color of the rooster. Is it an old rooster or is it a young rooster? Does it have spurs on his heels? You know? Does it have a good crow? Is it going to go to the north corner? Is it going to go to the west corner? Is it going to stop along the way and pick up some corn kernels? That's being in your head. Instead of just saying, look, Michael, rooster, corner, 5 o'clock crow, back to where it was. Exactly. And, you know, I think also, you know, some people, probably like myself, sometimes we don't want to reach out to other people that are professionals in the field or pay for a class or sit in, you know, with somebody doing a reading if they're allowed to. You know, mm-hmm. Reach out. If you're stuck, if you're looking to learn and push yourself to a new level, there are some wonderful people that teach, you know, just like Amberzine, you know, that can spend some time with you, direct you, you know, give you options, help open your mind, you know, to different ways of looking at things. You know, I teach, you know, other divination systems. And I still had a hard time following my own advice, which I give to my own students, which is, you know, get out of your own head. Once you do, things will start moving fluidly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we all have to reach out and say, you know, let me reach out to somebody else that has more experience, that can see things from a viewpoint that I'm currently not able to do. Exactly. And don't, that's the thing. I, um, again, being caught up in our heads, 
being afraid to ask for help, being afraid to ask for direction, ask for direction, ask for the help that you need. The only thing that I ask as a teacher is that you have to respect boundaries and time. Yes. Because I can't, um, I'm a one woman shop. And if something throws my week off, I could be behind, you know, two or three days. If I have godchildren with issues, that has to take precedence. So you have to just respect the boundaries and respect people's time. Because nine times out of ten, if you ask me a question, I'll get back to you with an answer. Most people will find that to be the case. Or if you say, hey, you know, I need help with this. I may actually do it, have done it already, and just haven't told you that it's already been done. So just mind the boundaries and be respectful of people's times, um, especially if you, you know, you're coming for help. Most people that I know will not mind answering a question and even breaking it down for you to give you something to think about. And if you are interested in bone reading, there is a fabulous group that Michael and I are part of. It's called um, bone reading. It's simply called yes. bone reading. <laughs> and you can join that group and there's a lot of information. I've actually, I've been MIA in the group in a while. I need to go in and see what's going on, but that's a, a phenomenal group to go to just to read and learn things. People will be glad to help you and answer questions. Just be mindful and respectful. And we share a lot of information, you know, myself included. Some people will post up, not just pictures of pieces and what that piece means, but, you know, hey, here's a little reading I did for somebody on this. I'll throw pictures. I'll circle different things that I'm looking at and give an explanation. You know, it's a constantly growing group of very supportive, <laughs> wonderful people in the bone reading traditions. You know, and we all, you know, give our own insights and say, hey, here's another way to look at this or here's some other possibilities, you know. Right. And a perfect example is um, something that Tata Owen Ballard, who's in the chat tonight, that whole breakdown he gave about Pepe Le Pew and the skunk vertebrae. I was just like, oh, you know, wow, I hadn't thought about Pepe Le Pew like that and the meaning of a skunk. Myself, neither. I mean, I sat there going, wow, I hadn't even thought about Pepe Le Pew since I was a kid. Right. Or much less thought of the challenges that Pepe Le Pew faced and what it would mean to have a piece of skunk in your bone set. How would you interpret that? So having an elder's insight and the breakdown gives us different ways to think about it. And guess what? If you were stuck in your own head, you cannot receive that message. That is correct. So now we're coming on two hours of this beautiful and wonderful show with Rosina Gear. <laughs> I loved it. You know, I do want to make mention of the Divinations Tables website, the divinationtable.com, where you can come and see a list of all the upcoming guests. You can also reach out to any one of our beautiful guests that have been on with all their contact info if you're looking to get any type of a reading if you're looking for class you know all these things are specifically on the website under contact a reader you know how would our wonderful listeners be able to get a hold of you 
Well, you can always find me on Facebook at Amberzine Legree. That's my Facebook name. I have a Facebook business page for that. I have a website, AmberzineLegree.com. You can reach out to me via private message. You can reach out to me on Instagram, which is also Amberzine Legree. I answer questions that way. I My um, readings, we're changing that up a little bit so once that's back up you'll be able to book readings online but if not if you want to book a reading just send me a message and we'll book it that way and is there any other wonderful thing that you would love to share um well you know if you want to study with me again michael uh can attest to this i really don't advertise about taking on students. Why? Because I want students that are going to be serious about what they're doing. So every student that comes to me, I divine on whether or not that they can study with me because I like to invest a lot of time and energy into those that study with me. Actually, I think I have a few students in the chat so they can um, attest to that if they would like to. But I do private studying. I want to make sure that you're serious about it and I want to make sure that you get the best possible information from me. And what else? we got the Denver Gala coming up. I'll be at Mama Star Shop in June sometime. Don't quote me on that. I'll have to post the dates up on Facebook. Uh, sometime in June, I'll be down there. And that's about it. I just want everybody to um, divine well, have fun with your divinations and to everybody that listens to us live and in the future, I pray that everything spoken to you will be a blessing. And I want to thank our wonderful listeners for joining us again for a beautiful day. I've enjoyed thoroughly. You know, I've been looking forward to having you on the show. I, I know. <laughs> I've been having, I couldn't wait. I'm having so much fun. You know, and this is our longest running show of two hours. Really? Yes. No way. Ha-ha, I you know, I'm bragging about that. Initially, it was a one-hour show when it started. No. Oh, <laughs> and it has wow. gotten okay. longer and longer as we've gone through. Um, but I have this love and affinity for divination that, you know, I forget to put music breaks in the middle. I know we just talk and talk. I hope I hope your guests didn't mind me rambling on. I've had so much fun. I've had fun as well. I want to thank you again, beautiful, for being here and sharing your wonderful experiences and your stories. I do attest 100% to your classes because, like I said, I can't get out of my own head, and I needed somebody that could. And, you know, what she shared with me during class has lifted me and my readings to a whole new level, you know, being Thank able you. to get bones and, you know, see things that I would have not seen probably for a long time if I had not gotten that initial push, you know, and explanations on how I can get out of my head and things I can do. So I want to thank you all for listening. I look forward to seeing you all next week right here at 7 p.m. on Thursday. Have a beautiful and wonderful day.